Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, a mildly sticky Ian Morris. And uh, I just thought I'd throw it out there today, everyone, that... Um, I just ate bread with charcoal in it. Um, looking forward to seeing how how that affects things over the next 24 hours as it weaves its merry way through the system. Uh, Ian, anything you'd like to highlight having recently swallowed? I know you're very sticky as of... Yes, it's ago. just very humid today. Um, what have I eat, eaten recently? I had a sandwich for lunch. That's not very exciting, is it? No. I had some but jelly beans. My story. I need to. I need to stop eating jelly beans. Um, and all things made of refined sugar, really. I, I, I need to um, need to lose a bit of weight, I think. And in yeah. fact, I know. Uh, so yeah, it would um, probably behoove me to quit it with the sugar. Excellent use of the word behoove. It's one of my favourite words. <laughs> it's uh, very good. Rosal in chat asks, did I burn toast or is it artisan charcoal? I'm afraid to say it's artisan charcoal. Yes, it was a fermented sourdough with uh, activated charcoal paste. Because that's the level of wanker that I is um am. is that something that was recommended to you by um, your nutritionist? Because frankly, I'm not sure how good an idea it is to eat activated charcoal. But what well, do I know? Exactly. What do you know? <laughs> Hopefully, something about things that are vaguely connected to technology. Let's talk about the first one. Let's do that now uh, because I was tickled this week. Um, when I read the Telegraph story that the equine offcut purveyor Tesco is to convert its unused supermarket space into mini offices, as so the newspaper put it, it can cash in on demand from home workers. Uh, now, side note here that I think it's important to mention, if you go and work in an office, you're not at home and therefore not a home worker. Now, do we care about this? No. Of course we don't. No, I suppose. Only only a pedant would point that out. Yes. Um, well, Tesco is going to trial its plan in New Malden, that's in London, as part of a tie-up with office Lisa IWG. It's going to put 12 desks and a meeting room inside a Tesco Extra. And that's one of the chain's brands of massive supermarkets catering to people who want to walk in and buy bread and condoms and a 50-inch plasma telly in one shopping trip now uh, interestingly IW- that shop mm. is just down the road from me it used to be my regular tesco oh well then you might be able to do something that i was thinking of doing of going to, to it and having a look y- yes indeed that very thing we'll come back to that then uh for now iwg was founded by a chap called mark dixon he's a property tycoon and he was quoted in the telegraph's write-up for this story saying tesco was a good place to put an office because quote you might have the plumber in making noise in your flat so you go down the road to work but the problem with coffee shops is noise and interruption you can't lay your stuff out in a starbucks now i have to say but, i think that bit is entirely untrue well I've, Firstly, I've seen people with monitors in starbucks so i i've seen someone honest to goodness with a full-size imac in a starbucks <laughs> before now um also pretty sure hearing clear up on aisle nine over the tannoy while you're on the phone at your 
your Tesco desk, your Desco desk, negotiating mission critical sales deals with Wangzhou Plastics PLC. Uh, it's only going to be a distraction, but I'm sure they've thought of all of this <laughs> this stuff. I'm sure they've factored it it all in. Well, they um, must have built a, a temporary room of some sort. But yes, I agree. I, I'm I'm confused by this. This is confusing. Is it? Well, let me help <laughs> massage that confusion out of your out of your mind, because I actually think it's a, not the worst idea in the world. I can tell. I, I, I see why why they're doing this because people are working remotely, and that doesn't seem to be going back in any wholesale manner. And Tesco has a lot of space, so I noticed that in that Tesco Extra, for instance, um, you can have your you can have your shoes rehealed because there's a Timpsons in there. There's a shop, uh, an inner little mini shop called the Rug Doctor. Which I assume is for rugs. If you've been there, can you can you? Uh, I know there's a, I know there's attempts, and I won't use them because of Brexit. Um, right. But, uh, the rug doctor. No, I'm I'm not that. I'm not aware of. Well, according to their website, when I was looking up the store earlier, um, there is a um, there's something called the rug doctor in there. You can buy all sorts of stuff in there. So it kind of stands to reason why not put twelve chairs and an office room in there. Um, the thing is. Why? I mean, so a few things sprung to mind. Number one, if you've ever tried to use Wi-Fi or 4G in a supermarket, it is quite often tedious because the construction of of these supermarkets act as something like a Faraday cage, which is why it's always a good idea um, for your shopping list to be saved locally first to your phone or written down because if you need to call um, a spouse or friend or whomever has given you instructions that you've forgotten, you're not always going to be able to do it. So they need to put some good Wi-Fi in there. Yeah. Uh, also, I kind of get the feeling that holding a business meeting in your local Tesco, it's got a bit of an Alan Partridge feel about it, It does have it? a... It, it's a bit like that. I mean, you, you know, might just disassemble a Corby trouser press. Yeah. Maybe. They probably sell so, something similar. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. There's, there's, a, there's a feel about it in the same way that... You would never suggest to somebody that you say, okay, well, we, we want to impress this client. Um, we haven't got much money. Well, you know, what should we take them? You could take them to just a nice cafe or or something. You're not going to say, well, tell you what, can you meet us in the Tesco's? It's just above the Timpsons, you know, just behind the quinoa. Uh, that's where our desk is. So yes. I'm wondering, and I'm genuinely quite interested in how they're going to position this. It's a trial. It's one store, well, but that's intriguing to me. I feel like it's 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 really just a space to work for people who need to get on with stuff and want no distractions. I can see the value of it because, you know, when you're at home, there is the temptation to do other things, I guess. Um, you know, you might, according to our prime minister, eat a piece of cheese, um, make a cup of coffee, that kind of thing very distracting i can see i can see the point of having a a space where there's nothing really exciting going on where you can just get on with your work and it's probably interesting a lot of people um i I know i know this from having been in employment during the pandemic a lot of people were not at all set up for working at home like we had all sorts of people working sitting on the corner of their bed in their bedroom and stuff like that and it just looked like it was an absolute nightmare you know i'm obviously very lucky i've had place to myself the whole time um but not everyone has that luxury a lot of younger people in a house share uh, where it's just completely impossible to get anything done if you're trying to work so for for, for those people this has potential i guess the mm. problem being that i don't think these tesco where they're 
proposing them are going to be that much use to most um, most workers because they're going to be out out of town kind of affairs. Well, that's um, the thing. The, a lot of these Tesco stores they're actually quite suburban. Yeah, you know, there's always a lot of houses around them. That's kind of where they where they put them. Even these really really big ones. So in a, in a way, I kind of feel that th- there may be fewer com- uh, competing places for co-working yes. if you walk around the city you you know you can there's a hundred places within they're everywhere yeah. they're everywhere whereas in in the more suburban parts of the cities they are few and far between you, was it, you was, know, sorry was pricing mentioned because i think that's the key not anything is is mentioned and i also yeah. couldn't find any official uh announcement or statement i i only had the um the, the telegraph story i assume it was a, a drop from from uh from their the Tesco or IWG PR teams to give it to the to the Telegraph. Yeah, couldn't find it any details anyway. So I do think it's fairly early days, and we don't know anything about pricing. Um, I mean, IWG does sort of position itself as a a leader in hybrid working, so it doesn't want to be the WeWork. It doesn't want to be um, kind of this the the contractor that fits out your office. It wants to sort of put these pop-ups in in various places as well as in offices so i guess that's a good idea yes um, more interestingly though in where's the most distracting place you've ever tried to work mm, that's a really good question um in an office more than likely right <laughs> i mean just it depends doesn't it like i mean I I am a, a man who is very easily distracted, so it does not take a huge amount to break my concentration, uh, which means that in order to get stuff done, I often, you know, have to resort to putting in headphones or listening, you know, listening to music, that kind of thing. Um, at home, it can be better. I've worked very productively in a Starbucks. I remember when I w- was an actual proper freelancer, writing actual proper freelancer things. I once did an afternoon in Starbucks and got loads done. I was really pleased with myself. Ah, well, that's good. Well, I was it was an exception say, rather than the rule. But I used to work in those central London ones, particularly the ones around the corner from the Apple store on Regent Street. There's a couple of Starbucks around there, and I always used to end up in one of those and, and often got a lot done. In fact, I once hmm. witnessed a crime, uh, which was... Um, Please tell me. Someone stole a phone. Oh, yeah, what, from somebody's table? Exactly, yeah. They did one of those distraction things where they distracted her with something and then made off with her phone and I, I, and how much I, did you get for it <laughs> very good uh, it was uh, it was it was crazy because my phone was on the table in front of me as well but because i wasn't sort of immersed in co- concentration or something I, I i guess i was sort of too focused on people coming in i wasn't the target but yeah it was um it was bad well, the most distracting place I think it is that I've ever worked is during one of the um, pre-CES shows that they call Showstoppers. Oh. And it's an evening event. It's always an, in the evening. And it's lots and lots and lots of companies with things like drones and 3D headsets and toothbrushes that tell you if you're brushing too hard and things like that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, forks if you're eating too quickly. And it's always in these quite big halls and all through down the middle is all this lovely food and beer and people milling around and it is damn near impossible to do any quality work in there because everyone's kind of drunk 
and wants to chat and it's the evening and you're tired and the last thing you want to do is spend lots and lots of time looking at things and then sitting down when there's all this alcohol and food around and do some real work and i could never get anything done there yeah that, those were those were a real challenge i mean trade shows in general are really hard to get work done i mean i have done it but the even the press office is usually a disaster because you'll see people you haven't seen for five years or something or you know will i am will turn up and that did happen all the time at ces will i am will not stop turning up at things and inventing really ugly gadgets and cars now apparently i haven't seen out. him do any for for a while he's, he's he's on cars now mate he's moved over to mercedes and he's done this god-awful smash up of a, a g-wagon at the front and a some slopey thing at the back it's um it's horrendous why i don't i don't know i don't understand what i am he's one of the nicest people uh it, 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 you know in the music industry from what i can gather he's obviously very him. we no, did a you? thing at wired with him and well, he is indeed lovely yeah but i don't he, understand why he's making cars he's a a talented musician as well but um he obviously is very passionate about designing and building things unfortunately mm. his ambition doesn't quite match his talent i would say and that, that sounds mean but i don't intend it to be um you know i think will i am was put on this earth to make music not design cars or gadgets all of which have been appalling failures i think um i, I sort of i've all, i remember thinking when he was re- releasing the the cameras and and this sort of thing is that if it's a publicity stunt do it once if it's a genuine business effort, judge it based on the third iteration onwards. Because if you make three versions of something, it shows you're committed. If you make one and then move on to a completely different product line, it's because you either don't care or because it was terrible. So I'm going to put keeps... the Will I Am car in the chat because um, I think people will probably wish they hadn't seen it. Well, Andy in the live chat says he's one of the various tech people who are very good at getting attention but not great at following through yes. on their ideas. Um, and Charlotte says, if if Posh Spice can design a car, so can he. I did not know the Spice Girls had designed a car. Well, Homer Simpson designed a car, and we all know how that ended. So, but he doesn't um, exist, and Posh Spice sort of does. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, I, I wasn't aware that she had done that either, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, Victoria Beckham's another one that, you know, her aspirations seem to have worked in fashion. She seems to have had carved out some sort of niche there. But, um... Okay, so Charlotte shared a link oh. in Marketing Week. Range Rover reveals Victoria Beckham car. So if you've ever wanted to... Oh, I was about to make a very lewd joke, but not intentionally then. Um, uh, if you ever want to drive around inside something Victoria Beckham has made, then uh, Well, I, I could you can. see that working, though. I could see her into because that's obviously very much of a an aesthetic and inter interior design kind of thing. Mm. I could see that working because it, it follows on from the fashion, which I believe she won plaudits for in the people who actually know about fashion, which is I believe God so. Almighty, not me. Um, but yeah, so but that kind of maybe makes sense. I don't know. I haven't seen it, and I'll never be able to afford one. So. Well, there's a picture of it, and it doesn't come across to me as very well. That's Spice just an Girl. Evoke. It must be the inside that she's uh, uh, painted. Well, that was from 2012, uh, tw- the 23rd of April 2012. That story was published. Oh. We'll have we'll pop a link in the show notes, uktechshow.com/episodes. So ten years hence. Um, I but well, fair enough. Yeah, I get that. Fair dues, fair dues. I wonder 
it what he will design next. Maybe you have thoughts. What could Will I Am design you? What would Will I Am and Posh Spice get together to design? That is the question. It's not an interesting one. It's also not one I have any interest in knowing the answer to, but it is a question. Um, well, that started off as a conversation about Tesco. <laughs> and quickly turned and it ended into up on Posh Spice. Else, indeed. Um, I actually. Just to conclude on the Tesco thing, I think it's a pretty good idea. I can see it working, although I'm not 100% sure who it works for. That's the thing I'm intrigued by, and a lot of that will come down to price and aesthetic, I think, or aesthetics mm. of the uh, of the installation. So, yeah, maybe you could pop down um, on your next trip for um, whatever you buy. Maybe I could record an extra message in there or something. I'll see if that's a possibility when it opens. That, that would be moderately interesting yeah to look into that with 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 haste with haste in. sure if you have any views on this or indeed any of the spice girls let us know hello at uktechshow.com what is your favorite spice girls and which is their favorite song <laughs> 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 oh, here's some uh. music You won't have been able to hear it, but I technically just inhaled some peppermint tea. Oh, did you? And I think I did pretty well not to cough. <laughs> yeah, it is I, affecting um, my nose. My, the very, you know, the very top back of your throat. That's yes. where it's lingering. Well, I managed to inhale something the other day. I don't know what it was, uh, and I, it led to me coughing quite a bit over a period of thirty minutes. And I was in a public place with people doing a thing. And um, I was very concerned that they would think I'd been struck down by the COVID. Uh, oh, in fact, I'd, I'd just inhaled a, a fly or something. I don't know quite what it was. Hmm. Well, I know a woman who did that and it ended pretty badly for well, her. So I hope let's just checked out. say I won't be swallowing a spider. Good. Very good. We should re- respect the arachnid friends we of ours. certainly not swallow them. Um, em- I should just point out, M. Rosal in our live chat right, right now suggests, as a follow-on from uh, the, the previous story, that shoehorns would be an excellent thing for Will I Am and Posh Spice to team up and design. have to say, I, I wholeheartedly well, uh, agree. I, I, we should maybe get Will I Am on the case for a text message uh, shoehorn. Would do. Do. Do, you think, do you think we can afford him? No. Now, <laughs> it's been a bit of a slow news week this week, and there's not a huge amount that we thought was worthy of your attention for, for 30 or 40 minutes. Um, so we've picked three other little things that have come up, um, and the first should be of interest, at least if it was to Ian, which I believe it was, which is that I cancelled my Netflix. Congratulations. As I have been threatening to do um, by way of conversation on this podcast, but pulled the trigger and thought, you know what, it's just not worth it because they they announced another price hike for the UK. Uh, it's gone up. They they carefully didn't say what I'm currently paying. They just said that I'm going to be paying seventeen pounds a month going forwards. And I thought, God, it's no, I'm not paying seventeen pounds for something that I basically never ever use. Yeah. Um, And I I raised this with you, didn't I? Because you had told me on this very show that if you cancelled it, you'd be in big trouble with Kate. And then you revealed to me, in fact, that having had a conversation about it finally, actually she doesn't watch anything at all on Netflix. It was... It... It... it, uh, Yeah. (laughs) Basically, if we'd have talked more, 
<laughs> I could have saved the house some money. <laughs> you could have you could have saved basically three hundred quid. Yeah. Um, there you go, ladies because, and gentlemen. That's your marriage advice for the week. Communication is key. It's really helpful sometimes. You'd be amazed at how much money you can save simply by talking to your wife. Well, um, it, it turns out that I've just found another show to watch on Netflix. It's a little um, little Spanish language show called, uh, I think it's called Welcome to Eden. Hmm. Uh, these influencers go to a, an island. Oh, and uh, oh, well, well, wait. I'm already bored. <laughs> well, wait. wait. And, uh, but the island is, uh, is, is not what it first seems. Go on. But it's a, it's a it's a story of intrigue, Nate. Uh, well, this this brings me to a crucial. It's point. not actually that intriguing, to be fair. It's basically a cult. But anyway. Oh, okay. Well, I when I was going through the the cancellation process, I noticed that there's quite a lot of good stuff on Netflix that I just never bothered looking up. So I've been binge watching Squid Game, which people told me oh, yeah, was, was excellent. I, I didn't know you hadn't seen that. How did you get on with it? Um, very well. I'm, it's I'm good. on episode. Seven, I think maybe eight now. Um, we just had the episode with the marbles, so oh, that's, that's obviously the one. Is it? I thought well, that was pretty boring. Oh, did you? Honest. No, people really yeah. liked that episode, and I did really like that episode. But you'll uh-huh. when uh, when you when you come to the conclusion of the show, you'll 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 look back fondly and uh, ah okay things, yeah. So it's a it's a, a very very good show, Squid Game. I think. Yeah, it's not actually what I was expecting it to be. No. So I was expecting it to be more like Battle Royale, but mm. with high production values. No, um, it's not that at and all. And it's, 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 it's not, and it's a lot funnier and than it, I thought it was. And it keeps getting better and better as well. Some people are um, very critical of the subtitles. Apparently, if you watch it... So there are two different kinds of subtitles, and this is where it gets very confusing. There are subtitles that are a more precise translation of the Korean, and then there are subtitles that are, I guess more for hear, uh, hard of hearing people who speak Korean but or, or and English but essentially they're not giving you the full picture so they're and I, I didn't worry too much about it but there's a lot of nuance um, particularly one of the female characters that I understand is lost if you don't have the full subtitles I wouldn't worry too much about it but yeah um, it, it's it, it's interesting that people have oh. noted that uh, but I, very, very good show. I don't know how the second one will stack up, but uh, we'll see when that gets released. Yeah. Well, I, I, it, it, I, I'm basically spending the next month. I'm going to binge watch a whole bunch of stuff on Netflix before the subscription expires. So I welcome recommendations. Have you ever seen Ozark? I'm not sure if it's no. your thing. It is very good. Bear in mind that I'm currently working my way through season two of National Geographic's Nazi Megastructures, uh, which I have to say is better than anything I've watched on Netflix. Well, John in in the chat says watch Arcane. That is a very good recommendation for you. Okay. Because it's it's, uh, it's vaguely based around, is it is it League of Legends or something? But it's very tangential. Okay. Um, the, the chat will let us know what, what it's based on. But I've heard, I mean, for one thing, I've, I've seen a preview of it and the animation is beautiful. Um, okay. but you will um, you will probably you'll probably enjoy it um, because it's a really good story apparently and, and you don't need to have enjoyed or played League of Legends to enjoy it well, we're getting lots of recommendations in in the chat so that's so that's Russian, useful Russian Doll season one was very good season two was a garbage fire it wasn't okay. awful but it was it was it was a, a typical example of we had this really good idea that was good for one season and now we're going to do a second season of it and we don't quite know how to do it 
um, and its pacing is all off. Uh, well, that's that's that. Uh, I'm looking forward to recommendations. I, the, the problem we get recommendations for Netflix, I find, is that you tend to just get told, watch these things that are all the most popular things. Well, I, and a lot I, of popular I, things are popular because they're good, but they're not always... For appropriate you. and that's no. the problem that i've had with netflix is that all the popular stuff that people say you should watch this to me it's just You're it's interested. garbage and i'm not yeah, interested in it i agree with that but I, when i this is why i don't often do um tv recommendations for friends because i don't because i know that not everyone will like everything and i'm very careful about it um but i th- you know there are certain things that i've seen on netflix that i with squid game being one of them that i would suggest that you probably would enjoy and you you clearly have and that's why I say I think Arcane, although I, ha- I haven't watched it, um, Arcane was enjoyable. I think you'd probably maybe enjoy Cowboy Bebop, but I also wouldn't bother because they're not renewing it. So, Yeah. Well, um, second on the little list that I've entitled, quite honestly, in our script as Slow News Week Pre-Story Stories. Um, there's three of them. We've done one of them. The, the next one is the Queen's Speech raised the possibility of imminent e-scooter legalisation in the UK. Now, this is significant because although scooters have been legal on the roads as part of a trial in many, many uh, towns and cities over the last couple of years, um, this is specifically in relation to privately owned e-scooters. There's very little detail that came up other than the fact that it is imminent. And so we should be expecting something in the spring. But I'm very keen to see how they approach this because it looks like it's going to happen. And they have obviously learned quite a lot from the trials that they've been doing, which have said, okay, well, on a scooter, you have to have a registration. And if you see any of the little scooters, like the limes or something, going around the pavements and um you know being ridden by three children at once if you look at the back of them they have little tiny registration plates like a car does but tiny and square and um and and on a scooter and i thought they were quite adorable and it made me think they should have those for bicycles as well um and the second thing is that i rarely see people riding a, a scooter any more responsibly than riding a bike and i see people on a daily basis riding a bike with no hands on their steering wheel on their handlebars on the phone going down the five ways crossway uh, crossroads at bank station during rush hour which to me you might as well paint a bullseye on your head because <laughs> it's just it's lethal and so i kind of dismiss these arguments that they are that e-scooters are more dangerous than bicycles because frankly i've seen some incredibly irresponsible behavior on bicycles so wondering how they'll play this given the quite conservative approach to the trials i.e has to be private has to have insurance has to have a registration plate blah 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 um and the fact that we let bicycles basically do whatever the hell they want yeah i mean this is interesting this is a big thing. I mean, you know, I, I, I like bikes. I think we should encourage people to be on bikes as much as possible. Um, and I and I, I like the idea of a low traffic city. Um, but at the same time, cyclists are amongst the worst. And their lack of respect for ro- road rules. I mean, I, I, it always gets me. I, I you know, I was, t- I was telling you when I came to see you the other week, wasn't I? That if, if you walk along the canal here, you'll get cyclists bombing past at high speed expecting you to get out of the way i'm like if, if that was the road and you were doing that in a car to a cyclist you'd be hauled over the coals it, it that you know they're just the most i don't know hypocritical in a way 
Um, but I, I would but say I still it's support... a bad, as with everything, a bad few spoil the broader bunch. Well, yes, and that's always the case, and it's and it's true with it's true with drivers. And I used to say that I never, I neither drive nor am I a cyclist. Therefore, I'm quite comfortable saying you're both as bad as each other. I think you that's know, probably I see fair. cyclists running red lights, and I see truckers cutting off cyclists at corners, and I think, look. You can't both be right or you are both right because you're both as bad as each other. And I am now a cyclist. I still don't drive. And I almost as a matter of principle stick so rigidly to the rules of the road because I'm terrified of being caught out and huh. then said, haha, you're a hypocrite. You went through a red light. So I've never done it. Um, but I think they're going to have to be quite careful with the scooters because a lot of kids seem to get on the scooters which don't always get on the bikes for some reason i just can't believe how much both podcast time and legislative time scooters have had it's yeah. ridiculous we should have just said right they're legal but you'll get punched in the face if you uh, use them poorly that should be the new uh law you just get punched in the face if you're being out of order yeah, I mean, it would be an interesting approach to, <laughs> to, to punishment. Um, I don't think the judicial system is quite ready to regress into um, Drop some litter, physical... punch in the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, finally, on a completely different note, literally, uh, I just wanted to check in. Did you watch Eurovision last night? No, I did not. I am a killjoy and a misery, and I cannot be bothered with it. Good, because I did. Um, and what I find amazing about Eurovision is if you sit on social media, which I never do these days, and yet I'm glued to all the way through Eurovision, I actually think it's one of the nicest experiences ever because you actually don't get many insults at all. Oh, you no, only tend true. to see people complimenting a performance or making the best attempt at a funny joke or presenting a meme that they prepared ahead of time during the rehearsal broadcasts and then posting at the correct moment during the actual finals and you see almost nothing else it, you just never see meanness no, I, or cruelty I, and it was weirdly refreshing yes it's true and, it, and it, there is the um there is the, the the thing with eurovision that it is you know it brings together a very large group of people from across the continent and obviously the uk because we're we're not on the continent i mean we're also well not and australia EU. and australia yeah i mean that's also odd like the fact that it includes does it still include israel they can they can perform and they won a couple of yeah, years ago I, i've always found that very strange that there were you know that <laughs> australia and Israel uh, included, but whatever. They're they're also taking it to America. Um, it won't be the same competition. It'll be a like a an America's one. I don't know if they're planning on bringing in all of the you know Southern America, Central America, all that kind of stuff. But it'd be good if they did. That could be quite fun. I would imagine it would be quite a, an exciting um, uh, song contest, actually. But you know what? There's there's when you a couple of weeks ago two three weeks ago you did an extra message about channel four being privatized yeah. and you made a really i think compelling argument about why channel four or rather not even channel four but why countries shouldn't try and produce content that appeals to global audiences mm. and should just but you know british producers should just focus on making british stuff for british people because 
international audiences want to watch the kind of thing that British people want to make and watch in the same way that we also want to watch the kind of stuff that Americans want to make and watch. But Netflix makes this sort of one single homogenized hybrid of all languages and races and creeds and colors and everything and tries to make everything appeal to everyone. And with Eurovision, I... it or it, it already works on that international level. It does. It does because it because it's so weird. Like the thing about Eurovision. I mean, I'm old enough now to have seen it go for many years. The, Eurovision was always a bit of a joke because it's it's so European. It's and it doesn't. It, it it's it, it sits very slightly outside of UK culture. I would say in that as a as a mass of people. Um, the Europeans don't seem to have quite the same um, concern about looking a bit silly as we do. Like every everything in this country seems, you know, if you look silly, it's the worst thing in the world. Eurovision is a sort of celebration of kitschy kind of, you know, get up, you know, fancy dresses, you know, amazing uh, light shows and this kind of quite kitsch thing. It, it has been, in recent years. It has become a phenomenon, and people just genuinely like it. I think a, a lot of that is because of social media. I think people genuinely enjoy sitting down with Twitter of an evening, you know, hit, seeing other people's commentary. They like, you know, not everyone likes the same song. You know, some people will like, you know, the Spanish entry and not the French. You know, there's that kind of thing going on. And it, and like you said, it's very nice it's it's well-meaning it's not you know no it's not it's not a culture war which is a rarity in this day and age it's just a it's just become a really nice thing i think it owes a lot of that to social media because the conversation around it the second screen experience is such a nice one and so rare in this day and age um but yes and 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 i think it's quite interesting to see as i said you know it's nice to have things that appeal to your culture um and you know i think almost british culture has evolved slightly to make eurovision a really important thing for us as well which i think is quite sweet you speak so highly of something that you you, you purport to to despise i can't the thing is yes and i have in the past watched eurovision on my own with like an internet community and had a really good time Uh, i used to do it on irc the thing is it's such a lot of an evening and you know sitting here on my own i I just i just couldn't be bothered maybe another year i will Um, you should come around next next year you'll come come around and and have have eurovision Eurovision with us and and have twitter open which is the tech angle on this particular bit of conversation (laughs) for those of you wondering well we could have amassed in the discord i mean i suppose well, we were chatting about it um, briefly, I think. Um, well, I mean, maybe maybe the answer to that is to have a, a more structured thing with a, an open water cooler event so people maybe. can pop in and chat. Well, the, the thing with it being nice uh, on social media during Eurovision, in my personal experience, your mileage may have varied, it just gave me the reminders of why I have a tab in my Twitter called Bird Twitter. I don't know how many <laughs> other followers of Bird Twitter there are. But if you just follow the hashtag for Bird Twitter, it is place on the internet where no ill exists Just and birds. it's it's a bit of this it's a bit of a subculture of, of of bird twitter where it's just people who like birds posting thoughts about birds and birds they've seen or commenting on other <laughs> birds and i'm just going to pull this up in real time the the top tweet that i see on bird twitter here is a photograph and it says 
This emu has taken over the duck coop and is now diligently sitting on goose eggs. I just watched a chicken run in, burrow under him, lay an egg, and leave. (laughs) Picture of the emu sitting on the eggs. And that is bird Twitter in a nutshell. Or an eggshell. I'm going to rush in. Oh, very good. I'm going to rush in and call them all hollow-boned assholes or something and then ruin it for everyone. I'm not really. Don't... Why Why? Why do you have to drop a deuce <laughs> on, my, on my dreams? I, I don't. I love it too. It sounds brilliant. I it will, is. I will get a tab for bird Twitter. Yeah. Well, I'd just like to take a quick moment to thank some of our patrons who are supporting us directly. I'll call out Nick Gassman, um, who tweaked his pledge this week. Thank you very much, Nick. You are a legend. And if you want to be a legend like Nick, you get the full version of text message every week, ad-free. Join our live audience. We've got a huge audience listening live uh, right as we speak. Uh, You can access the full back catalogue of all of our unedited live shows on demand. Get our sister show, Extra Message, and a whole bunch more. And you can learn more at patreon.com for forward slash UK tech and if you're already a patron or listening live you're about to hear this week's third discussion story all about the upcoming death of the video games console as we know it and I should point out if you have any thoughts on Eurovision or of course you can send it to us hello at uktechshow.com and there's some great artists there uh, performing last night Uh, and here is Pond 5 Stock Audio 67. (laughs) A happy little ditty that is. Do you think? Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, Charlotte says nice music as well in in the chat. It's right. Yeah. We've got loads. I just I bought a whole bunch of them and I forgot to ever use quite a lot of them, so I thought I'd start to incorporate them in. Um, as a bit of a new bit of a new bed. But um, anyway, it's about this time of the show, regardless of the musical um, bed beneath it, that we talk to Tom Merritt and find out what's been happening in the wider world of tech news on DTNS this week. Here's Tom Merritt. This week on Daily Tech News Show, our in-depth take on all the Google I.O. announcements from the practical like Android to the aspirational like those glasses that translate, plus a car that can stop without brakes and recharge the battery, Amazon's plan to speed up rural deliveries, what's actually going on with the Texas law to limit moderation on social media, and I finally found a legitimate comparison of gold and Bitcoin, carbon emissions. Turns out they're about the same. Find out how I came to that conclusion and more at dailytechnewsshow.com. Thank you very much, Tom. Um, So that will do it. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. We've had a great live show um, today. We've had a huge audience for that. So thank you all for taking the time to listen live. And if you are a free listener, um, do consider leaving us a review. You know how much it helps us. And if you don't, it helps us really quite significantly and thank you to everyone who's left us a re- review on apple podcasts or wherever um and if you would like to get our full length show there's no ads you can listen live get extra message you know the drill that's at patreon.com forward slash uk tech ian would you like to have a final say um it's hot can i open my window now you're very welcome to open your window now yeah. thank you I hope you all have a wonderful week. Me too. Bye-bye.